0: This is the Idea Time Podcast with Dr. Joe North. Welcome to the Idea Time Podcast. Tune in every week for practical tips, strategies, and interviews that will help you to achieve greater professional and business success by thinking more creatively. And now,
1: here's your host, Dr. Joe North. Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Idea Time Podcast. I'm really pleased to be here today with Leela Ainge who is a management consultant and professional goal setter and I'm really pleased that Leela's here because she's an absolute expert in facilitating with Microsoft Teams, making it creative, using different collaboration tools and I think we can learn a lot from Leela today. So a big welcome Leela, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great, thank you for having me on Jo, it's a real pleasure.
1: We've got people listening in all over the world, Leela, so tell us all what
0: you do. So a little bit of everything, but I am a management consultant. That's what I've done for 20 years. And more recently, I've been working with clients to enhance their productivity through collaboration tools. And more recently, through Microsoft, Office 365 and Teams. A lot of people are using that at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's been great, actually, hasn't it? I think we've got sort of skyrocketed our use of these virtual tools. And it's good fun, isn't it, to experiment and see what you can do with them. There's some great tools available. What do you spend each day doing then?
0: What does a typical day for you look like? It all depends. So at the moment, I am producing some online training instruction videos for a pharmaceutical client, and they're rolling out Office 365. They've had quite a big upgrade, and we're really giving them hints and tips on how to use all of the collaboration features across the suite. But we're also dipping their toes into Teams and getting them used to how to use that. And it's quite a new platform for people to use if they've only ever used WebEx or Zoom, for example. I'm happy in Teams. I'd say I'm happier in In Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. I hear it a lot and I think it's because Zoom was first and foremost a video conferencing solution and Teams just isn't. Teams is first and foremost a collaboration solution so when I'm talking with my clients I'm trying to explain to them that really think about it from a collaboration perspective and you've got the added benefit of being able to do video and voice calling and we know that Teams is getting better but we know there's still stuff to come that will make it a better experience.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, so we're going to get into all of that. Before we do though, Leela, I'd like to know from you, what is a professional goal setter?
0: <laughs> well, this was a bit of a title that somebody gave me. So I do workshops. I've got a product called Goal Magic and I do workshops with groups of people. This is non-corporate work I do to help people set goals. And I've got a framework called Magic. Um, and it's all about looking at our memory and our subconscious and and dipping our toes into psychology really and and how we set goals and so I delivered my first course earlier this year and feedback from somebody was that I was a professional goal setter and I really liked that I thought I'm I'm having that as a job title.
1: (laughs) So what would you say your top tips are then for goal setting to give us all a little bit of magic today
0: to take away? So my top
1: tips for
0: goal setting are really to be very clear about what it is that you want. Quite a lot, I'm speaking to people who are aiming too low, actually. So they're going for a goal. And when I really kind of delve into them with some questions around what is it that you really want to do, we we get into, but it'd be really nice to do this or that. And I say, well, why isn't that your goal? (laughs) So um, one of the things in goal magic, the A is all around ambition. So be ambitious we are more motivated by ambitious goals so that's my first tip really is just be ambitious and the second one is write it down it's you know everybody knows that you should do it but we very rarely do since you write something down you're more committed to it
1: i actually love ambitious goals as well Leela. my book idea time is all about how to achieve big hairy audacious goals it's based on all sorts of combination of neuroscience creativity innovation techniques i think that's why we've sort of met and connected isn't it because it is yeah so much in common now yeah. do you remember how we met I put it through Instagram for some reason I don't know if it was hashtag facilitation or something but we something. started to yeah. connect didn't we and Instagram's been a great tool for me actually in terms of meeting some really lovely people that we can learn from and
0: it's just wonderful I love Instagram it's quite visual and I like that about it and I like saving snippets of things to go back to you later I find it quite inspirational there's a lot of free advice on there as well so people are are posting really useful things but I do have to limit my time on there I can get lost in a rabbit warren in uh, Instagram but uh, it is a lovely place to be and I think the community is just really supportive if you find your tribe or people that are like you it can be really uplifting
1: yeah it's great isn't it your feed is beautiful so if you're (laughs) listening and an instagram fan then do
0: head over to it's age
1: consulting
0: isn't it on instagram i think it's leela underscore age but it does come up as age consulting yes and it really is a
1: beautiful feed so (laughs) leela takes a lot of time in making it look fantastic the content's great and also look out for your pavilion ponders yeah tell us about your <laughs> pavilion ponders and how they came about and what well, they are th-
0: this is all about creativity actually i think one of the first things you did was you sent me something in the post because we got chatting about something and you sent me a little spark of creativity a set of matched it cards and lockdown had just started and i've got a four-year-old at home and i've got a husband who works full-time as well and I was sat here thinking, oh, you know, how am I going to continue my pace of work? I'd already negotiated with clients around the fact that there would be a four-year-old in the background joining proceedings. And I was looking through these cards, and one of them was about doing something completely different if you were feeling a little bit like you couldn't continue to do things the way you've always done them. And one of the things I was really challenged by was the noise in the house and we've got a kind of an outdoor shed <laughs> i call it a pavilion that's quite a posh name for it but it's a bit of an outdoor shed and i thought i'm just going to go out there and sit and work and i had this idea to just record a bit of a session around something i was thinking about so i thought how can i get this out there quickly onto linkedin i don't really like long posts and i like talking so i thought I'll just do a little video and that's how it started the pavilion ponder just a thought each week more recently we've been on talks we've had a bit of holidays so we've had a caravan conversation and I think last week we we're in the peak district so it was a peak pedal <laughs> I actually remember now you've mentioned that and I hadn't
1: thought about it until yeah. just now I remember I wrote a blog or a post or something and it's I said if you get to the end of this and you do the activity at the end yeah I will send you some goodies and oh, that got, was it, yes. Yeah. yeah. And you got to the end and you did the, it was the random stimulus activity, wasn't it? Was. it?
0: And I joined, we did it, I did it with my son as well because he was at home all week and there was an activity, it was something creative. I can't even remember what it was, Joe, but I got Mikey to kind of join in with me and I messaged you and said, oh, I've just done this. It was good fun. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yep. So you got a bundle of goodies and then the yes, rest is. is history, which is, is wonderful. It?
1: Now, let's get to the heart of this Microsoft Teams facilitation (laughs) because, you know, as we've said, I am happy on Teams, happier on Zoom. Take it back to the beginning. How does somebody start to facilitate on Teams? Let's say they've not done it before and they need to do breakout rooms and all that stuff.
0: Well, I mean, the simple answer is there isn't a real solution for breakout rooms yet. It is coming. But the way to really think about Teams is it's a collaboration space. So I would think earlier than your actual online event, create a group, invite people to it and use the chat and message functionality within Teams to get your session started before the session starts. Then what you want to do is create different channels for people to converse in. Now, one of the things that I absolutely advocate to people with Teams is to use a mobile phone device as a companion device. And if you're a facilitator, absolutely try to have a second pair of hands or eyes <laughs> to keep an eye on that chat. It is super useful. And until this new functionality, which is coming in the autumn, which I'm really excited about, and is the bubbles and the chat bubbles that will come up a bit like Instagram live chat you need to keep your eye in two places and that is a tricky thing for a facilitator so the number one thing is absolutely practice just get a few sessions a few people you know or don't know together and say let's have a bit of a play with it and just throw yourself into it I think Teams lends itself towards a particular facilitation style and I think it is more corporate I think if you're wanting to be truly creative and manage you know quite large groups i think zoom would work better and there's absolutely a place for all of these different tools for different scenarios and i think you've probably found that as well joe
1: definitely i also find that some but not all corporates still are in the place that zoom has security issues i think zoom's corrected that pretty well mm. but unfortunately the legacy is there and so microsoft teams has been you know the facilitation tool of necessity and choice of many corporates and I know a lot of people have no choice because of the organization they're in they're having to use teams to facilitate so how do you go about setting up a breakout you said use channels then
0: well one of the ways I would do it is to pre-set up the channel rooms And during the introduction, I would let people know where those channel rooms are. Now, once you're in a channel, you can have a channel only chat. So you could assign certain people to different teams and then you can call them and they can have the chat only in that team. Now, channels... If you're a member of the team you're automatically a member of the channel as well so that's why it doesn't quite work so seamlessly as a breakout room but you can create side chats and conversations with groups of people. I think the onus is on the facilitator to pre-arrange that a little bit more get it set up and explain that right at the beginning of the session. So you would say to people here's how I'm going to use Teams we're in a main chat at the moment we will have some breakouts and actually you might need to pause this call or join another. So there's a bit of new functionality this week where you can merge a couple of phone or audio streams together and that's brand new. I'm hoping to put something out on my blog about that next month actually but up until now you have had to end one call to join another and almost use the chat functionality within teams to call people back so it's a bit like your physical experience where you might let teams go out into breakout physical breakout rooms and you always have to go around and after the 10 minutes or 20 and say time to come back so i do say to people try to think of teams as a more of a physical journey than a virtual one it isn't as seamless as zoom is right now but we know that this is coming so come autumn Time. I think Microsoft are really keen to get this in place for the educational sector for September. And I've had a preview of the breakout area that they've been designing. It looks really cool. I've not seen the bubble thing yet, but I think both of those things are going to make that a lot easier.
1: Sounds great. I was facilitating yesterday in teams for a university in the northwest of Mm -hmm. England, and it was with a group of businesses you know it was all set up so i had quite a lot of support and the different channels were set up as groups and what i quite liked about it was that people could just they didn't have to hang up and go anywhere but they could yeah. just move themselves
0: into the group That's the thing with Teams is user-led rather than facilitator-led in terms of your movement around the space. And that's because it is collaboration. I've not used Zoom rooms extensively. I know there's a bit of pre-setup sometimes and I know you can make that freer. So it's really interesting to see how different people use it. Interesting that you say you were working with a university Um, I'm a guest on the Nottingham and Trent University team site at the moment, and they've done something very similar as well. So I really do think universities are kind of leading the way on breakout rooms. They
1: are. And I work with another
0: university in the north that's using Zoom i
1: sort of think with zoom and teams well two things i think wouldn't it be great if they both got together and had a baby (laughs) you know all from a facilitation perspective it would be great to make some tweaks to both of them
0: it would yes
1: absolutely (laughs) i also i also think one's going to be the equivalent of vhs and the other one will be beta max it's not always the feature rich
0: one that wins either is it
1: (laughs) but i enjoyed facilitating you know i think teams has got a lot going for it yeah and, and i enjoyed the fact that delegates could move themselves Around, as well. So now you use a lot of really creative collaborative tools. I I do the same in Zoom. So in Zoom, I will use something like Mentimeter,
0: Milanote,
1: Myro. So tell us about how you use those collaboration tools in Teams.
0: So I think first and foremost, I do try to stick within the office suite. It is just easier and it means everything stays together. So I'm using at the moment, I'm using forms quite a lot where you can create quizzes and questionnaires and you can actually use those real time to create visualizations in your session, which is great. It's a similar thing to maybe Mentimeter, but a little bit different. I like to use the planner as well. That's a free tool within Teams, again, for like a bit of time asking, especially if we've got more of a meeting kind of style to our event rather than um, a workshop you might want to get some task actions in there and i've tried using some of the other add-ins, there was one, I think we both discussed it the other week, which is Mura or Mural. The only thing I find with some of the freer kind of add-ins that you can use with Teams is you get a lot of emails and spam and they're a bit buggy or glitchy. I, I think it's really good to just keep trying lots of different things. And actually in meetings I'm finding in workshops, people are also suggesting things to me and I'm suggesting things to them. So I think we're all as a community learning so much at the moment, so many new things out there to to try and use yeah i think that's great that's that's one thing i love about the facilitator
1: community globally and we've got great facilitators in the free facebook group the idea time facebook group for workshop facilitators and it's great to share knowledge and discoveries and solve problems you know together which is really really cool i think that's fantastic and you're right this is all emerging isn't it it is, yes. And it's finding new and different ways to, to use different tools and things. I mean, we talked about Polly. It's a polling question yeah. tool. I found it okay, a bit basic, and I ended up actually going into Mentimeter, get some live responses and things on the screen and a bit more creative in terms of presentation. So tell
0: me about the planner then. The planner is a little bit of a tasking app. So when you go into Teams, you can add it into the team area. And if you've got a team, you might have a number of tasks that need to happen in a certain day or a week. You go into the planner, you create a task card, if you like. So it's a little bit like a a board where you might have like a visual post-it, But you can add in dates it can link into a team calendar and you can also add people so they get notifications another thing that you can do in the whole microsoft world is obviously have automations and flows So for example, you could have an email come into the team group and it could automatically set up a Planner task, for example. And it's really nice to be able to review those tasks in Planner in a Teams meeting because it just fits visually. So when you're in and sharing your screen, it works really well and everyone can see it and you can all dive in and get get stuck in updating your own tasks and adding extra bits in so it's nice it's not the same as a project planner it isn't as intensive as that but it brings a little bit of kind of structure to a team meeting i find so it's quite nice for setting an agenda
1: yeah it's um I, i like the integrations with microsoft teams and i think it's worth For anyone who's using Microsoft Teams and thinking of using it for facilitation, is to have a scroll through and see Mm -hmm. what apps you can connect to Teams to make it really interesting
0: if you're used to zoom and zoom works for you but you also like teams and the collaboration you can merge both you know there are no rules and I think if we think about VHS and Betamax they weren't compatible where technology is now it has to be people we're quite demanding as facilitators I think we want a bit of everything I'm a real magpie I don't know about you but I like different tools for different things and like you said earlier it's about the mood and the audience and I want to make my participants as comfortable as possible i want them to really enjoy the experience yes i want i want them to enjoy the experience as well
1: i want them to have a fantastic experience i don't know about making them comfortable though I, I (laughs) (laughs) i like a bit of positive disruption and challenge you know in a fun way in a way that gets people thinking differently but i know what you mean i'm just being you know I'm just being my usual sort of provocative self I guess.
0: I think my uh, I think my last client would agree <laughs> with that I had a bit of a reputation they just started using Teams in earnest and we'd rolled it out and um, I had a habit of coming on to every call and giving them a little bit of an icebreaker to do because we'd had a couple of weeks where every meeting seemed to just start and in the real world that just doesn't happen so I think reintroducing some of those kind of human factors to the online world is the role of a facilitator too and it can seem quite uncomfortable but there's a real kind of science behind it
1: (laughs) there is there is i'll put a link to it in the show notes i've got a blog with lots of different icebreakers virtual icebreakers for virtual meetings and why we need them you know the science behind that i think when i'm facilitating online whatever tool i'm using whether it's zoom or Teams or something else. Essentially, my mind is that we're all in the same room together. Mm. How I speak and what we do is the same as if we were in the room.
0: We just do it differently. I like really asking a question in the icebreaker. As a facilitator, I find it quite useful to get that insight into who my audience is and how they frame things especially as quite a lot of the people that I'm working with at the moment I've not physically seen before so that's a new thing but it's quite nice to ask an open-ended question and see what kind of answers you get back and obviously people interpret things very differently.
1: They do. My favourite two icebreakers and obviously I pick my moment when I'm going to use these. The first one is for people to go and find an object that represents, I don't know, their strategy themselves, whatever the subject of the day is. And I remind them to unplug their headphones before, uh, <laughs> before they go <laughs> for health and safety. But that's really good because it's really simple. Everybody can do it, apart from one person who did genuinely have a broken leg, but she had oh, something yes. on the desk that, that works okay. And it just surprises, it disrupts, it gives, this, yeah. it gives out from the offset oh, this is going to be a bit different. Different, Yeah, I'm not going to be sitting here sort of half staring at the screen, half doing my emails, I'm engaged. The other one, which was a bit more random, I gave them a picture of an old master, so a classical piece of art, and they had to model and recreate the scene with them in it, take a screenshot, and it was between the sort of different groups. I put them into breakout groups.
0: <laughs> I remember seeing you posting that on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm itching to do that when I've got a large group together again.
1: Well, it, was, it was fun. I even had sort of, you know, somebody with a dog in the knee and somebody oh. else wrapped in a, a velvet curtain. We can be creative, can't
0: we? Yeah. I, I think there's real space for it with facilitators. I, I was trying to explain to somebody the other day what the difference is between a meeting and an online event. And I said, really, an online event is facilitated and you get that care and attention that you don't normally have in a meeting. A meeting is Moving to an agenda, it almost feels like you've got to get through the points. Whereas that facilitated session with the care and attention in it, it's taking you on a journey somewhere, you know. And I think that's why the instructor led facilitation I'm doing around the Teams training at the moment is really taking off. People don't just want to watch a video, they they kind of want to experience it. Yeah, I think you're so
1: right. And it's great. You know, I think it's helping us to connect with people. All over the world doing all sorts of interesting things now talking of interesting things when are you
0: going to be doing a goal magic workshop online oh wow so i have really really thought about this and not done it (laughs) and there's a number of reasons one i'm really busy at the moment with a couple of clients and it's summer holidays so i've got limited childcare the other thing is i really really passionately love delivering goal magic face-to-face and in my mind, it feels special because it is face to face. Now, I'm being challenged by my own coach <laughs> to rethink why um, I don't want to deliver it online. And maybe there is some nervousness there. The Gold Magic Workshop is so special. It's, it's a real passion project for me, it's something I'm really invested in. And I just like that kind of face-to-face element of it. That's the reason I do it, because, you know, the rest of the work that I do isn't as creative as that. So it's a real outlet. I suppose I'm struggling with whether I will do it online or not, seems to be quite saturated at the moment with online workshops and explainers and sign up for this and come to my online session and I I don't want to be another one of those that is just doing it because I can't do it face to face it needs to be done that way because it's the right way I sort of
1: see it as well nobody's doing Leela's goal magic Um, (laughs) I haven't seen anything quite as interesting as that to be honest in in the online course world So I think it would be great, and I'd certainly be interested in coming along to that if you do decide to do it. I also think, you know, imagine how many people you could be reaching that could be making progress.
0: Yeah, I did. I recorded a taster video and that's available on the website and it's all about taking action and I've got a few things up my sleeve coming out in September all about getting back to goal setting in the theme of going back to school that kind of thing being the swot of the class we're looking at strategy as well so it may be that I look at you know delivering those over some short workshops I think things will be a bit easier when my son goes back to school I have a bit more time yeah. and be able to plan these things but yeah goal magic it really excites me and it excites me me because when I do goal magic and people are in that workshop I know that they're doing things that they have not done before I know that they're looking at goal setting in a completely different way and the feedback is just amazing so I've had people saying that you know I've never really looked at a goal that way or I never really thought that how I approach things would impact the way that I set goals but of course it does and you'll obviously be aware with the neuroscience side of things that our brains have these biases that you know they just come along and really derail us Mm. Um, so being aware of those is is super important when you want to really reach those ambitious goals.
1: And you are a living example of that (laughs) because with all your endurance running and racing that you do you know you do set Big goals,
0: and you do achieve I do. I do. It all started, Joe, and you'll appreciate this. It all started with a cycle from one side of the country to the other. So we did the Way of the Roses cycle route, my husband and I, before my son was born, and I really like the endurance element of it. We didn't do it in one go. We stayed at pubs overnight because that's the pleasure way to do it. But. I left that experience. It was one of the best holidays I ever had. And I thought, why did I really enjoy it? And it was just me, my husband, the road. And it was that journey and keeping going. And I realised I got a real aptitude for endurance. So I started running further because I've always run. I've really enjoyed running. And I set myself a goal to run an ultramarathon. <laughs> and <laughs> I think quite a lot of people thought I was a bit bonkers, but I did it. I ran an ultramarathon and not an easy one either. Race to the stones and you're on Chalky South Downs. It's really hard on the feet. It's the middle of the summer. <laughs> it's really hot. In fact, the year I did it was one of the hottest years it's been held on. Mm. And then the following year, so last year I did two. Three weeks before that, I'd done another one, Race to the King, which is really hilly, and I don't like hills. <laughs> so that, that was a real challenge. You're definitely inspirational. <laughs> so now what we will
1: do is in the show notes, we'll put the links to the blog that you mentioned and the links to the gold Magic video that you did and all your social feeds as well. It's been a real pleasure. So thank you so much, and I'll see you very soon. Thank you, Jo. Bye for now.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Idea Time podcast brought to you by Dr. Joe North. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to our channel. For even more strategies and advice, visit our website, ideatime.co.uk. Enter your email for leading insights, resources, and more every month completely free. We'll see you next time.